Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to each and every one. So uh, I often say it's not just um, just for our mothers, but the Bible teaches us to even go a little bit beyond uh, that. So we honor the, the women in our lives. It might be our wife, could be our mothers, our grandmothers, aunts, and uh, I always like to give honor to my spiritual mothers, uh, ones that God has placed in my life. And I think it's important that we remember all those in our, in our life that have made a difference to us. In the scriptures it talks about in 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, it says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men and brothers treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. You know, the Bible tells us that um, true religion is this, is that we take care of orphans and widows. And so God has always had in his plan that we would um, remember those that are especially in the household of God. And so God has brought uh, people into our life for... Um, very important reasons. And, you know, some people say, well, why do we set aside a day in the church? We should just be preaching uh, the scriptures, the gospels. And I often say that this is part of the scripture. This is part of the gospel, uh, is how we treat those and how we remember those in our life. So Paul instructed Timothy to honor the women in his life. And uh, the question becomes, how, how do we how do we treat our mothers or how do we remember our mothers? And I've had a lot of thoughts even this morning as I've just been going through some different um, remembrances in my life of, of my mother. And uh, for some of you that know, you know, my childhood was, was not the best. Um, you know, my mom had some issues in her life. She uh, was married, divorced several times. Um, she had drug problem, alcohol problem. And so there was times in our in our relationships that were very stressed, especially um, as I got older and started my family and we came to the Lord and we're walking in his way, sometimes those things got stressed. But my mother, I know, always loved me, even though she would do some dysfunctional things that time. And I remember a statement when I was young that my mother used to uh, say or she'd tell people when she would describe our relationship, I was an only child, she would say, you know, we fight hard, but we love hard too. And um, it's hard sometimes when we, when we wrap our mind around some of those things. But I want to look at a few things, that, ways that we can um, show our mother's uh, love today. Now, for some of you, if you are blessed and your mother is, is still alive, I would say don't take that for granted. I mean, many times as life goes by, we always have good intentions about tomorrow. We have good intentions about what we would like to do. Um, but don't take that for granted. I mean, many of us that no longer have our, our mothers with us um, wish that we could. You know, on my, on my cell phone, I still have a couple voice messages uh, that my mom gave me the week before she had passed away. And, you know, the heart is always, I wish we could have those talks in person. Uh, but those times are past. So, so don't take anything for granted. So as we talk about these things, I... I I just have a few points that I, I want to share, biblical points that I think are good, uh, but they're really just common sense points as, as we look at our families. 
And so the first way we can show love is to show our honor. And we don't think about honor much. And uh, this is something that has no contingency. God gives us this in a command. And it doesn't say, well, you know, if, you're, if your home life is like, leave it to beaver, show your mother honor. Or if you're, you know, mom always treats you nice, show her honor. There's a command there that says just show her honor. Um, it's really the first commandment that is not God centrally based. So it's the fifth commandment. We have the, the, the first ones are, uh, thou shalt have no other gods, thou shalt have no idols, um, don't take the Lord's name in vain, honor the Sabbath. And then we have in Exodus uh, 20, 12, honor your father and your mother. And this is the first commandment that, that has a promise to it. And it goes on to say this, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So um, it's, it's something that God has commanded us to do. And as a matter of fact, uh, Jesus dealt with the Pharisees for not honoring their, their uh, mothers and fathers and, and doing those things. So um, it's the first one that, that's really not God-centered. So it, it must be, I would say, pretty important because whenever I see lists in the Bible, I really believe that God has put them there in a reason uh, that, that they're in the order that they're in. And so there you have it. So when we look at those things, the same command is given in Ephesians 6. Uh, 6.2 where it says honor uh, your father and your mother. Um, Peter uses it when instructing husbands with their wives. Husbands in the same way live with your wives with understanding of their weaker nature yet showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life. That your prayers will not be hindered. Well here's sort of a contingency too. It says you know sometimes there's things between us and God. Okay, We talked about that with uh, unforgiveness last week. There, there are hindrances that come between us and God. It can be our pride, it can be our selfishness, it can be addictions, it can be all these things that hinder our relationship with God. Well, Peter is saying this, that, that if you are not treating your wife right, um, that can hinder your prayer. So it says treat her with honor. And so when we look at Mother's Day again, too, I want to reemphasize that um, you know we're all here because we have a mother, obviously, right? But some of us are married, and so we have the mother of our children, okay? So those are important. I wished all my daughters this morning, and uh, my daughter-in-law, who I also call my daughter, but I, I wrote them all this morning, Happy Mother's Day. So they're people that are in, in our lives. And so Peter says we, we treat these people with honor. And so you might say, well, well, what is honor? The Bible talks about leaders in the church. Uh, you know, that we honor them, some with a double portion of honor even. So what is honor? Well, when we translate that from the Greek, it's a word that is timei, T-E-E-M-A-Y, timei, which is where we get our word time, okay? Fairly simple translation. So how do you show someone that you honor them? Well, a very important way that we show that is by giving them time, Okay. And so we are in a world where we are, are hustling and bustling all the time. We got our lives going on. We got jobs. We got commitments. We got this and that. And sometimes these women in our life, our mothers, grandmothers, those that are important to us, um, get sort of pushed to the back burner. You know, and, and our attentions are always good. Well, I hope to get up there next week. I hope I can do this tomorrow. Maybe next month during our trip when we get up to see you. 
And, and time just flies by, and before we know it, you know, uh, worst case scenario, they go home and leave us. Uh, but time goes by, and we look back and we say, oh, I wish. I wish I would have spent more time. You know, many in the many years of ministry that I've been uh, privileged to have, I've spent a lot of time with um, people that are nearing death. And all of them, without exception, have always said, you know, I wish I would have. And they have that list that was done. They sort of look back at their life and they review and they see things that they did that, that their priorities weren't right. And so we're blessed today to hear the word of God, to reevaluate things, and, and to make this time. So spend time with your mothers. Spend time with those special um, ladies in your life. They've poured themselves into us. And so, you know, I'm looking at 60 years old, but, you know, I can look back and, and I can appreciate my mother for all the diapers that she changed as I was growing up. I mean, I don't know how many diapers a baby goes through, and, you know, I would say my wife raised our five children. I was working. She was at home and, and doing that, and I know I changed diapers. I can remember some throughout history, but uh, not many, and I don't even know with our 13 grandkids if maybe one or two I might have. Um, but think of all that diapers, and we know that that's not a fun job, right? But they do it daily, multiple times daily, um, without even the thought of it. How many meals has your mother prepared for you over the years? And you may not be home yet, but um, she still always has that little care package to go home. You know, I remember when I first moved out on my own, I was 15 years old, and my grandma used to come down every Sunday, and she would bring me this food to last me through uh, the week. She was, she was concerned that I had something to eat. How many meals have they prepared? How many sleepless nights when you were sick did they sit by your bed and take your temperature and make sure you had the Vicks vapor rub on your chest and, and that you were doing okay? How many hours of worry when you were supposed to be home at 10 and, and you were late, not knowing maybe right where you were at or what you were doing? You know, our mothers have invested countless hours that I don't even think could be calculated in a child's life. I think it was uh, the Wesley mother who said that she prayed for every one of her children an hour a day. She had, I think she had 16 children, if I remember right. The hours of prayer, if we had godly mothers, that they would spend praying for us. You know, Our mothers have invested a lot in us to say all this. They spent time with us. They might have been busy, and we come home and, you know, Mom, i got to tell you something. And... and most of the time they would make time for you. They might have been in the middle of dinner. They might have been in the middle of mending something or doing something else. But a lot of times they'll sit and tell me about your day. The mothers were the ones that would take that, that crayon scribble that they called a Picasso and they put it dead center of the fridge. Had it there proud. and Oh, that's a beautiful picture. So our mothers have spent a lot of time with us. And so the scriptures instructs us to give our mothers honor, to give them time. You know, there's a lot of gifts that you can buy your mother. And, and that's wonderful. Gifts are, are a sign of appreciation. I listened on the news last night. I can't remember how many billions of dollars they said they figured were going to be spent on 
Mother's Day gifts today. And that's all well and good. But the greatest gift you can give your mother or those special ladies in your life is time. Time is something that we will never get back again. When this day is gone, it's gone. So give your mothers time. You know, Mother Teresa said there are many in the world who are, who are dying for a piece of bread. But she said there are many more in this world who are dying for a little love. So one of the ways that we show that love is by honoring and by spending time with them. Second, we can show our love to our special mom or our special lady in our life by helping her out. So the Bible tells us in Genesis that God created a woman to be a helpmate to us, but guess what? There comes a time in our life when, when we become a helpmate uh, to those special ones in our life. I always appreciate our, our men in church where we can uh, do little work days for people if they need some help, cutting some wood or cleaning some brush or cleaning a gutter or doing whatever we can. That's one of the ways that we show these people how special that they are to us. So we're honoring them, we're spending time with them, but we're helping them out. And 1 Timothy 5 gives guidelines for taking care of the, the physical needs. And that's why he says, you know, true religion is this, taking care of orphans and widows. Some come to a point in their life where there's not a lot of help around them anymore, but he says as a church we come together and we honor them as mothers and as sisters perfectly holy uh, or in absolute purity um, the Bible says we take care of them because we love them and we appreciate the things that they have done for us so it's church isn't just about gathering new new members or new people to come to church but it's also about taking care of the needs of the ones that we have and I believe we really try to accomplish that but keep that in your mind that, that your mother or those special people in your life they may need some help, and so we are there to help them. In John 19, 25 to 27, um, it says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. I want you to think about this as far as really helping out, honoring, and giving time. Jesus is dying on the cross at this very point when the scripture is written. And he's dying for the sins of the world. Now we can only imagine, I don't even think we can imagine, I mean, we can try to fathom what that would have been like. The Son of God got himself hanging upon the cross, dying for the sins of the world, but he's still not too busy to see that his mama's needs are taken care of. And so he sees the disciple down there. And basically what he's saying is, in my paraphrase, Mom, you know I'm not going to be here to take care of you anymore. John. I want you to take care of my mother when I'm gone. And mother, I want John to take care of you. And it says that this disciple from that time took her into his home, which meant that he took care of her. 
So sometimes when we think that, that we don't have the time to take care or we don't have the uh, ability to help out, you're really going to have to top the cross of Christ for that. Because Jesus, with all that was on his plate at that moment, took care of his mother's needs. So we give our mother honor. We meet her needs. And the last way, I think, is to show her out or to hear her out, to listen. You know, I've, I've, early on in my life, I was never a good listener. Even early on in my ministry, I wasn't a good listener. And it was through uh, maybe the prayers of a lot. And, and I know the uh, uh, persistence of my wife to tell me, you need to learn to listen. And I want to tell you that listening and hearing is two different things, but that's a whole different sermon. But I would hear people. I mean, I knew what they were saying, and I, I, but instead of listening to what they were saying, many times in my, my life I was trying to formulate an answer that I wanted to give, or my input, or my opinion, or whatever it was that I was working on. And I wasn't really listening to them, because, again, and this is a sermon for another day, but when you listen to people, um, you hear more than just the words they're saying. But we, we, we need to listen to our mothers. We need to listen to those ladies in our life that have meant so much to us because, again, they did that for us. When we would come and, and tell a little story at home and want somebody to listen, mom would listen. She would, she would hear us out. We try to do that with kids. I got some grandkids, my hearing's going a little bit, I got some grandkids and they talk and I can't follow them, what they're saying. But I try to listen to them, I, and I nod my head, and I smile when they smile. It's like, that's wonderful. But we really need to, to listen to our mothers and to these, these ladies in our life. Because again, there's going to be a time. I, I shared at the beginning, you know, I got some uh, voicemails on my phone from my mother. That's, that's the only voice I have of her anymore. But as mothers, we know that we like to give advice, or I shouldn't say we, uh, my wife does with our kids yet. They're all grown, they're out of the house. Um, she still likes to tell them what to do sometimes, or how to do it sometimes. But that's a mother's love, and they understand that. And, you know, the difference of, of fathers and mothers is this, is, you know, when, a, when you got a little little boy, like Joshua, he'll fall down and scrape his knee, and, you know, you might say, ah, just... Get over it. You're a tough boy, you know. Get back up on there and jump on that horse again and go. But a mother always sort of opens her arms and coddles. and You know, let me, let me kiss that little boo-boo that you got on your knee. And, and she takes care. She listens to those things. Well, we go through life and it's the same thing. You know, kids get up into high school and they want help with their homework. And it's like, ah, they'll figure it out. They know more about it than I do. And my wife would sit with them and say, well, let, let's work on this and let's see what we can do. And even though our kids are out of the house now, you know, uh, our youngest one, he's still trying to figure out some things with schooling and things. And my thought a lot of times is, you know, he's old enough. He can figure this out. But my wife says, I'm going to help him figure it out. So that's a mother's heart. A mother always wants to help her children. And I think... Uh, that's an important thing. So we want to listen to our mothers because they do have good advice. And even if it's not good advice, we still just long to hear their voice because they love us. My mother-in-law the other week, I was up there and she was, uh, we were talking about some things and 
she kept saying, well, you know what I think? And she would interject her opinion here. And, well, this is what I believe. And, and she would and interject there. So we need to listen to them. We need to validate those things. But I found this list, and, and I found it interesting because uh, in my life, so many of these things were true. So these are little uh, sayings about uh, mothers and what mothers have taught us. So it started out, it says, my mother taught me religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed, you better pray that stain will come out of the carpet. <laughs> my mother taught me logic from her divisive words, decisive words, excuse me, because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Any of your mothers ever tell you that? My mother and grandma used to tell me that all the time when I was like 16, you know. Okay. My mother taught me irony. Keep laughing and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me stamina. You'll sit there, young man, until that spinach is gone. My mother taught me weather. It looks as though a tornado went through your room. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can I can take you out. My mother taught me behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. My mother taught me envy. There are a million less fortunate children in this world who don't have a wonderful mother like you do. So those are just some things, and you know, their thoughts, they, I think, as I heard them, and as I read them anyways, they brought back memories. And Solomon, who has claimed to be the wisest man who ever lived, said in Proverbs 1.8, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. We need to listen to what our mother teaches. And I like the way Solomon says it, because it's like a father instructs, do this, but a mother teaches. And we know that teaching and instruction are two different things. Proverbs 6.20 sort of uh, replicates that. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So again, there's a difference between saying this is what you got to do and saying this is how you do it. Proverbs 15.20 A wise man brings joy to his father, but a foolish one despises his mother. So it's like Solomon is saying, listen to your mother. Pay attention to what she is saying. There's good advice there. There was a true story I came across about the Holocaust in World War II. And we know about the Jewish concentration camps and um, all the horrific things of that that happened to the Jews. And there was a gentleman named Solomon Rosenberg and his wife and two sons were arrested for no other crime than being Jewish. So they were put into prison for that. Um, his parents were also arrested and, and put in this concentration camp. And the rules of uh, the Holocaust or these concentration camps uh, was really pretty simple. As long as you can do your work, you're permitted to live. And so that was sort of the rules. As long as we can, can work you, but once you can no longer work, um, you're gone. And so Rosenberg watched his mother and father because they were elderly, marched off to the, the gas chambers and to their deaths. And he was a, sort of afraid that his youngest son, David, who was sort of frail, had some health issues, um, might be the next. And so after a day of, of hard labor, um, when the families would come back 
to their barracks and stuff. He would seek out his family, and they would gather together, and they would um, pray together, and they would talk with one another. They would share some of their rations with one another, and um, they would have this time together. Well, he came back one day, and he, he was searching in the barracks for his family. He couldn't see any of them. And finally, he saw his oldest boy in the corner crying, and he went over to him, and and he feared the worst. And he says, he says, tell me it didn't happen. And he said, yes. He says, they, they took David away um, because he couldn't do the work today. And so they were crying. And he says, but, but where is your mother? And he said, David was afraid. So mother went with him. I get choked up every time I read this story. But that's a mother's love. She didn't want to see her child marched off by himself. And so she went with him. And really when we look at that, that's an illustrate, really an illustration of a, of a mother's love that is so strong that it chooses to give up her life for that of her child that needed to be comforted at that time. But it's also a picture of the sacrificial love that Christ did for us. To keep us from fearing death he went before us. You know, death is a, a scary thing. If you're not a Christian, death is a scary thing because we, we're not sure what lies behind. Some people in, in ignorance say, well, there's nothing beyond this world. and you know, But there's always that doubt because God has created us in his image and there's something in us that says that there's more than this. But Christ went before us and he met death head on that we might not have to fear it. And then he returned from the grave so we would have hope in the resurrection. And that's the type of a love that a mother can show. Scriptures tell us, O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? As believers in Christ, if you're born again believer, you have nothing to fear in death. Matthew 12, 46-49 tells us this, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. Jesus then replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here is my mother's and my brother's. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now some say, well, that, that seems sort of cruel. That seems sort of, why didn't he want to talk with his mom and and brothers, and it wasn't that he didn't want to talk with them, but he really wanted to point out a facet of the church, I believe in this. That he says, whoever are my disciples, whoever does the will of God, this becomes my family. I shared early on that uh, I was uh, raised in a broken home. I didn't have a, a father uh, very often, just a couple short little stints of, of different uh, men that my mom had married. I was so I was an only child and raised just with my mom. But you know, when I became a Christian and I became part of the family of God, God gave me spiritual fathers. I remember one of them was Clinton Nelson up, in, up north. Arnie was a very good uh, influence in my life early in my ministry. He put men in my, my life that became spiritual fathers. He put women in my life that were spiritual mothers. My, my mom wasn't a very spiritual person. Uh, we shared the gospel with her many times. You know, she, she made profession. I, I hope that what she professed was 
accurate. Um, but in her lifestyle, her lifestyle didn't reflect it. But God had placed in my life many uh, ladies that were older ladies. Of course, when I got in the ministry, I was young. And he gave me these spiritual mothers, these ones that would give me like motherly advice and, and different things. And he gave me, again, spiritual sisters and brothers in the Lord. He made me a part of this family that um, I didn't have as a, as a physical family on the outside. My physical family is still so important. I mean, it's part of something that God talks about. Again, it's something that it says we are to honor and to, to respect. But he says, I'm going to bless you exceedingly abundantly, which you can even imagine. Growing up, I could never imagine. I was always jealous of, of families that had brothers and sisters. Well, man, God has given me brothers and sisters in Christ that they're coming out my ears. They give me so many of them, okay? He's given me, again, these spiritual fathers and these spiritual ladies in my life. And so the question becomes, are you a part of this family? Do you know what that's about, to be a part of the fellowship of God? If not, it says you can be. If you believe in Jesus Christ, a lot of times they say, well, what must I do to be saved? Believe in Jesus Christ, of the biblical Jesus Christ, of, of who he says he is and what he has come to do. Because Jesus says, he who believes is saved. And so we can be part of that, that family of God. And it's not just believing that uh, there was a historical Jesus. That's proven. But this is knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior. And once you have done that, He's made you a part of this family of God. If you are a believer already and you know Christ, uh, commit yourself to treating other members of the family of God in a special way, with this honor, with this time, with, with helping them out, and with listening to them. Because it's important things that God has called us to do, and it's the way that the Bible instructs us to do. So I pray for you as we leave today that um, you are blessed in this day, I think, um, I don't know if it was announced, but there's some flowers in the back uh, by the coffee area there. We invite uh, every mother to, to take one, not even mother, just the ladies, take one, um, just as a little token of our appreciation of, of you being part of this body. So, uh, happy Mother's Day. May you be blessed today. Let's close with a word of prayer.